0: Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. I'm your host, Sumi Somaskanda. We're talking about a troubling story that's been in the news here in Germany. A series of death threats sent via email to politicians, journalists, and other prominent figures. The emails were signed with the name NSU 2.0. That is a reference to the neo-Nazi terrorist group, the National Socialist Underground that carried out a killing spree in Germany between 2000 and 2007, taking 10 lives. Now, the threat started two years ago, but in the past few months, there's been a new wave of emails. Authorities are investigating, but they've already found out that some of the cases of these threats involve data accessed from police computers in the state of Hesse in the west of the country. Let's get some more context on what's been happening with Melissa Eddy. She's the Berlin correspondent for The New York Times. Hi, Sumi. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for joining us. Tell us how this all started.
1: Well, it started actually, surprisingly enough, almost two years ago now, back in 2018, when a lawyer in Frankfurt, she's a lawyer of Turkish descent, first received a threat signed by the NSU 2.0. You know, the name, as you said, that that is a reference to this neo-Nazi group that went around uh, predominantly targeting immigrants in the early 2000s throughout Germany. Uh, And it has seemed to gather steam uh, in the past few months. But in the meantime, last year as well, threats were sent out targeting lawyers, uh, journalists, and occasional politicians. What they all had in common was they all seemed to be politically on the left, mostly campaigning in some form or another or working in some form or another in uh, the direction of anti-racism. Many of them also had what the Germans call an immigrant background, meaning they're simply descendant of uh, recent immigrants to Germany, being, you know, recent being since the end of World War
0: II. And Melissa, police did temporarily arrest a couple in Bavaria in southern Germany. Tell us about what happened there.
1: Well, the information came in very quickly that, that two people had been arrested. One of them it happens to be a former policeman himself. He's 63 years old and now retired, but both he and his wife were briefly detained in suspicion that they were linked to sending some of these emails. Both of them actually have said they have nothing to do with it, and they were then let go. But Police in Bavaria now do have their computers and they're going through them to see if there's any further information that they can find or indication uh, that this couple had access to some of the information that police believe was taken off of official police computers.
0: And Melissa, what about the links to police computers? We mentioned that some of the data that was accessed and used to send email death threats uh, were traced back to police computers. What do we know about that?
1: Right. Well, so this couple who were arrested in Bavaria, they apparently had links to the state of Hesse where investigators have found that there were strange similarities between information, personal information of individuals that was called up on computers and personal information that appeared in some of these threatening mails. And what you have to keep in mind is in Germany, unlike in the United States, you can't just type somebody's name into Google and get their social security number, their last three addresses their possible relatives, all of that information is private here. And it's the kind of information that the police have access to because everybody has to register with the police when they set up a new residence. But the normal person wouldn't be able to have access to that information, which is why there are indications of these very strong links that some of this private information contained in the threatening mails must have come from a a police computer.
0: Melissa, we touched upon this coming in, but can you remind us that the background here of what the NSU is, why this is being taken so seriously?
1: The NSU was the name of uh, what turned out to be a murderous trio who uh, went around in the early 2000s undetected, uh, and they, they moved around Germany, predominantly in the West and in the South, although they themselves, uh, the three uh, people in the NSU, which, as you said, was the nationalist socialist underground and they literally had gone underground in Germany where you norma- normally will register with the police the police will know where you live these people literally went off the radar and and authorities lost track of them meanwhile they went around carrying out targeted killings of there was one policewoman but uh, nine other people were all either immigrants themselves or descendants of immigrants here in Germany and police never thought to seriously look into whether or not the far right might have been behind these killings. At that time, in the early 2000s, the police in Germany's various states would not swap notes with each other. And so in each of these individual cases in Bavaria, in Hesse, in Baden-Württemberg, you had police who believed that these killings were just, strife within these immigrant communities, where in point of fact, it was this trio that was going off and specifically targeting these people. They came to light only in 2011, and then police started comparing notes and realizing that this had been a murderous, far-right, neo-Nazi trio that had been going out and specifically targeting immigrants for the better part of a decade, completely undetected.
0: Against that backdrop and the information that we have now, as you said, that some of the data, the personal data used to send these email threats were accessed from police servers. Tell us how authorities have been responding.
1: Well, it's interesting because authorities have been looking into this, specifically in, in Hesse, the state where Frankfurt is, uh, where all of this started. They've launched investigations. In fact, they've had uh, a state uh, inquiry. Uh, the fact that it appears that information was illegally accessed from police computers has cost a high-ranking police official his job in the state of Hesse. Um, There has been an investigation by prosecutors, but at the same time, police seem to be very reluctant to really sort of take on the idea that this may be a problem coming from within their own ranks.
0: Why do you think that is, Melissa? German
1: police uh, believe, and they have this you know, long-storied post-World War II idea of they are there, and one of their key roles is not just to protect the public, but to protect the country, to protect the Constitution from the threat of the far right. And to accept that increasingly we are seeing that there appear to be not just individual far-right agitators who happened to seep into their ranks, but, in fact, uh, networks, entire networks of, of people who are in the police going up to the highest levels. Uh, we recently saw the defense ministry here disband uh, one of Germany's uh, a unit within one of Germany's elite forces, the KSK, because it had been very clearly infiltrated by a far-right network. And that sort of shook people up. Uh, But it is still very difficult for the police to think that they are being undermined in this way from within their own ranks by those very people who they're seeking to protect the country against.
0: With all of that context, what consequences do you think we might see going forward? Well, I think that
1: with this arrest that took place, we definitely have yet another link to the police. And so even if none of it is strong enough at this point to actually press charges, I think it means the police are going to have to act and crack down and begin more of an investigation. Uh, Certainly, I think the Interior Minister at this point um, will have to react And it will have to be taken seriously, this idea of whether or not the police uh, are part of the problem. Already there are some departments that are talking about making it more difficult uh, for individual officers to access personal information. Apparently it seems that computers are often logged into and left running all day so that just anybody walking by could call information up if they wanted to. I think that at this point the police are going to have a harder time claiming that, that they don't have any links to this.
0: Melissa Eddy from The New York Times, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. When we come back, we'll hear from a German comedian and actress who's been on the receiving end of the threats, and we'll also talk to the spokesperson from the Berlin Police about possible cases of extremism within the ranks of security agencies. Stay tuned for that. You're listening to KCRW Berlin on 104.1 FM. YOU, YOU'VE BEEN HEARING AND READING THE NEWS ALL DAY, SO WHAT ARE YOU GETTING OUT OF IT? ARE YOU SMARTER, MORE INFORMED, BETTER PREPARED FOR YOUR DINNER PARTY LATER TONIGHT? WELL, THE TAKEAWAY HAS YOU COVERED. WE ASK THE TOUGH QUESTIONS, WE HOLD LAWMAKERS ACCOUNTABLE, AND IF SOMETHING JUST DOESN'T SEEM RIGHT, WE ASK, HOW DID WE GET HERE? IT'S THE TAKEAWAY WITH ME, TANSINA VEGA.
2: TUNE IN TO THE TAKEAWAY, WEEKNIGHTS AT 6 ON 104.1 KCRW, BERLIN.
0: PRI's The World brings you voices from around the globe. It's your daily source for international news and a gateway to cultures beyond our borders. I'm Marco Werman. Join me right here for the next edition of The World.
2: Tune in to The World Tuesday through Saturday mornings at 8 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin.
0: Welcome back to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. We are talking about a series of death threats targeting a group of politicians, journalists, and prominent figures in Germany. The emails have highlighted once again the growing problem of right-wing extremism in Germany. So how is this affecting people and what do authorities need to do to address the problem? Let's talk about that with Idil Baidar. She's a comedian, satirist, and actress who has received death threats as part of this NSU 2.0 campaign. Hello and Honor Özata. He's a criminal attorney here in Germany. Honor represented the family of victims of the original NSU, that terror group that we mentioned that killed 10 people over nearly a decade. Good morning. Good to have you both. Idil, I want to start with you. You started receiving death threats two years ago on your personal cell phone, and now you've been receiving these email threats as well. Tell us what's been happening.
2: Well, I've received the death threats Around two years ago, they started there with uh, uh, messages on my telephone, and uh, it's a private number, so it's not a public open openly number, so there was a, a red line crossed for me. And then um, after I heard from the press that my data was taken from a police uh, computer in v after that, the email death threat started, this is what happens.
0: Edil how did that make you feel
2: Well when it was happening of course it's not it's always uh, a bad feeling to get threatened by by anybody who, who you don't know I think the m- most part is that I don't know these people I don't know who's writing me you know in the internet uh, basically it's normal to have uh, some kind of um, bad people commenting on your on your videos or you know, they're having bad comments about stuff, but, but you know the people. You know who's in front of you. At this time, it is different because I don't have a clue who that could be.
0: Have the police been in touch with you?
2: Well, first, no, they did not. I uh, claimed the file like eight times uh, for, for all the single death threats I received uh, as messages on my phone, and eight times they put the case to rest.
0: Onor, I want to bring you in here. You represented the family of victims of the NSU, the National Socialist Underground, this neo-Nazi terror cell. What do you make of this new campaign purporting to be the NSU 2.0? Um,
3: I'm not really surprised, uh, actually. Um, if you look at the current situation here in Germany, you can um, um, observe that there are extreme right-wing views Um Anti- anti-Semitism, hate against Muslims, and so on, and this is all increasing right now. Studies show that a significant part of German society rejects foreigners, refugees, and so on. And On top of that, we, we uh, experienced uh, terror attacks, like in Halle last year or in Hanau this year. Um, And uh, so there's kind of an increasing of extreme right-wing views in in Germany. Also, these events, they um, motivate uh, other people to take action. Um, The the public discourse has changed.
0: But the vast majority of Germans do not support right-wing extremism or anti-Semitism, uh, every party in the state of Hesse, including the far-right AFD, condemned these death threats. So if it is a minority we're talking about here, why is it taking hold?
3: It is a minority, but it's increasing. Um, if, if you uh, look at the event uh, two years ago in Chemnitz, uh, summer 2018, where leaders of the AFD uh, and uh, radical rights groups and um, uh, individuals were marching together Uh, demonstrating a close alliance, then we see that something has has shifted in Germany. And um, this is is, uh, what what can motivate other people who were silent before to take action.
0: Idil, we saw the news on Tuesday that a retired police officer and his wife were arrested, then released again after some of the death threat emails were tied back to a pseudonym and address that he's used in the past. We mentioned also that uh, some of the data that was accessed on police servers in the state of Hesse included your information. What did you think of that?
2: Um, well, of course, uh, that my data was taken from a police computer uh, in Wiesbaden, um, and they don't know exactly what for um, it was taken. Basically, they did not um, investigate right now who, who the one from the police was. But, of course, a lot of death threats are out there, and that's why probably both of them got arrested. But there is no connection to my case.
0: Do you trust police and authorities to clear up this case? As we said, they did make an initial arrest. Uh, This person was released again, but uh, they are looking to be moving forward in this case.
2: Honestly, I don't uh, see it right now because there are are way too many cases that they did not investigate it to the end. So I don't even know what they did there. Um, I cannot judge why those both people got arrested and um, uh, quite frankly until there is no um, arrestment, well of my case of people who are involved in my case I don't I don't see trust as going really far
0: how has this changed your life
2: well it changed my life that I um of course, more careful about where I'm going or with who I am. And, um, yeah, well, it is really not not a nice feeling to live like this. I just wanted to add that I think like... is right there is something shifting in this society and it's not happening overnight this is happening since like a few years now like decades and it's starting to become extremer and extremer with every year that passes yeah it's, it's becoming a, a serious issue in this society um, and I don't think that we can overlook this furthermore it's well it's not right
0: Owner, so how worried are you that these threats are not just a scare tactic or a copycat that they could really turn into violence?
3: I, I think this is extremely worrying uh, and it's also dangerous. We don't know if these if uh, people will uh, and are capable to take action. Um, but it can happen at any time. Um, if you... If you look at the case of the Walter Lübcke, uh, the, the murder case, uh, he got—he was a CDU politician who got um, shot by a neo-Nazi last year. Um, this this shows that uh, threats and defamation in the internet can become real violence eventually. And, um, and we, we i mean, we know uh, that there are violent structures in Germany and individuals and groups who are uh, uh, willing to commit these terror attacks. So, um, of course, it's very, very worrying, and we we have to be careful and pay more attention, I think.
0: What kind of legal protection can people who have received these threats, what can they seek?
3: most important also for Idil, I think, is that um, those uh, offences are investigated. Um, In criminology, uh, there's the, the theory of the broken window, Uh, which which means that if you have uh, graffiti here on one wall and a broken window uh, at the other corner, it leads to more graffiti and it leads to more damages in the neighborhood and so on. And uh, the same we can observe in the internet if there is no investigation of of those um, offenses. At the end also, uh, when when we look at the case of Idil, they have to be more sensitive with sensitive data, you know. Because uh, otherwise, the the, the confidence of the citizens uh, in their own uh, security forces is at stake there.
0: Idil, and has anything positive come out of all of this for you?
2: Right now, I, I mean, of course, a lot of solidarity that I receive is, is that's a positive thing coming out of it. And I have to say, of course, it's the majority of people who um, are going into the solidarity with me. Um, but, uh, uh, well... Uh, does the threat uh, end with it? No. So uh, let's see. Um, it's quite too early to say exactly what kind of good things besides the, the solidarity I received. Uh, what else is coming out of there? We still have to wait.
0: We'll have to leave it there. Idil Baydar, comedian and satirist, and Ono Urseta criminal attorney here in Germany. Thank you both.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: We've heard now the criticism of security authorities and police. We want to hear what they are doing now to protect people and address possible cases of extremism within their own ranks. We reached out to the Interior Ministry in the state of Hesse. They could not comment on an ongoing investigation. But we have the press spokesperson from the Berlin police, Tilo Kablitz, with us to talk more about the story. Hello. Thanks for joining us. So first of all, what is the Berlin police doing to address uh, the Berlin politicians, journalists who have themselves uh, received death threats?
4: Um, uh, First of all, it might be useful to explain that the investigations are led by the Criminal Investigation Department and the prosecution in Hesse. So therefore, I have no further information about the current state of affairs and um, I'm not able to show details as well. Uh, But whenever uh, we, uh, the Berlin Police, is able to support or assist the investigations, and has, we will do that uh, absolutely immediately. Um, Because uh, for all of us, for all police women and men uh, who has both feet um, planted firmly on the ground of the constitution, it's incredible. It's horrible to hear that um, others of us, other police women and men. Um, are threatening other people or assisting perpetrators.
0: How worrying is this to you in the Berlin police? I mean, are these meant to be threats that can be used as a a scare tactic, or could they actually lead to violence?
4: Oh, there are uh, different aspects. Uh, First of all, um, to assess the degree of the individual risk is part of the investigations, too. Uh, Whenever there are indications uh, for planned attacks, assaults, the responsible authorities um, or we, the responsible police departments, would take care of the necessary protective measures. Um, besides that, and broadly spoken, it can be said that there are both intentions, sometimes separately from each other, sometimes um, intensifying each other. It is about frightening politically active people, muzzling them, getting them out of the way in a few cases by violence um, or even murder. And um, all the more, it's absolutely important that all involved authorities work intensively together to ensure the security of threatened people as far as possible.
0: Okay. now we mentioned that the police in Hesse themselves, there have been cases there where people have come under suspicion because some of the data that was accessed uh, came from police servers. So the personal data for some of the threats that were sent via email. And in fact, uh, the police chief uh, resigned this month as well. A lot of people are asking themselves, how could this happen within the police force? Uh, What's your response to that?
4: I guess all police women and men in Hesse uh, dissociate themselves from those yeah those perpetrators from their own ranks as like uh, we do too um, this is nothing we we all police women and men uh, who really serve who really embody the law tolerate in Berlin we follow the development closely and hope that we all threaten the victims we as the police The whole society will get results as soon as possible. But I don't know exactly how the perpetrators um, got the data.
0: Well, we did see a report in German media uh, in the Welt am Sonntag that uh, reportedly more than 400 administrative or disciplinary proceedings have been launched across the country since 2018 due to these kinds of unauthorized data queries by police. Uh, What do you think of that?
4: There were 400 cases from 2018 on, but if you look how many data queries we do per month, it uh, isn't that that much. Um, we have around about, um, just in Berlin, around about 4.5 million uh, data queries per month.
0: Those are legal data queries, you mean, so not unauthorized? Uh, yeah, but- sure,
4: Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely legal data queries.
0: So you're essentially saying, you know, this is compared to the amount of data queries that are uh, launched, you know, in one month in Berlin. This is a very small amount over since 2018 across the country.
4: Yes, that's a really, really small amount. But uh, every case is one case too much. Because uh, these people uh, who do that are perpetrators at least, and are not police women and, or policemen who stand for the law, who stand for rights, who protect other people.:
0: How do you handle that when it comes up in Berlin, if somebody uh, you know launches a data query in an unauthorized manner?:
4: If there are any indications of uh, illegal uh, data query, we launch a criminal uh, complaint and uh, for sure, Uh, have a look on disciplinary consequences.
0: Mr. Kablitz, I do have to ask you, we spoke to Idil Baidar, who is one of the recipients of uh, these email death threats, and others have said as well that because there was this link to police servers in the state of Hesse, they feel like they can no longer trust the police, like they've been left alone and that authorities, uh, they don't trust that authorities are doing enough to to find out what happened. How do you feel about that?
4: It's, it's absolutely comprehensible uh, in every way. But if I could ask just for one, um, I would ask not to transfer the criminal conduct of some perpetrators who maintain there were police women or men onto all of us who really represent the police, um, stand for the law and fight crime. I know trust uh, has to be earned and we try to re-earn it day by day. So. It would be wonderful if uh, they could believe me, they could believe us, when I assure that we work 24-7 for their security to protect them. We are on duty for for them, for, for all of you, so it would be very wonderful if you please give us the chance to rebuild this trust.
0: That's all we have time for. Thank you, Tilo Kablitz, spokesperson for the Berlin Police.
4: Thank you, too. Bye.
0: Well, this is a developing story. We're going to keep our eye on it here at Studio Berlin. Thank you to all of our guests for joining us. Just a reminder that we are now a podcast and you can find us on Apple, Stitcher and Spotify. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I'm your host, Sumi Somaskanda. We'll see you next week.